Excellent. So we'll be starting in just a few minutes. Um, once again, you can send an email to nancy.fulton at yahoo.com if you have any questions that you want to make sure that I answer. Tonight, we're going to be talking about building a Hollywood entertainment industry business network. And the reason I wanted to do this event is that for most people in Hollywood, the way that we pick up work is because somebody talks to somebody else about us and that person contacts us and we develop a new relationship that turns into business going forward. If you don't have that business network, it's very hard to pick up work because you're forced to rely on ads. You might find them on Production Hub or Craigslist or um, in a huge number of other places, but those ads um, are anonymous. They don't come with a referral. They don't come with a recommendation. And business that you get because somebody has met you previously, has become comfortable with you, has learned about your work. Uh, people, those kinds of relations turn, turn into better business and business that pays more over time. So there is some truth to the saying that it's not about what you know, it's about who you know in Hollywood. And I, I want to mention one more reason why I think that's true. Here in the entertainment industry, we, unlike most people, who may pick up a new customer that they're going to serve or negotiate a new deal um, that they're going to have to support maybe once or twice a year, right? In Hollywood, we're doing that literally 10, 12, 15 times a year if things are going well. We're consistently making deals with people. And a lot of times, we don't have as much time as we would like to vet who we're going to work with. We kind of get together to do a project. Then when the project's over, we all go our separate ways. And then we encounter one another on, on other projects. So personal recommendations that come from somebody who's, who knows you, who's had the opportunity to, to um, become familiar with your work, um, and perhaps at some point in the past has had an opportunity to work with you is a very meaningful recommendation. So it's not just that Hollywood is a particularly clannish community and it's not that it's not welcoming to outsiders because all of us were outsiders at one point or another. It's that people don't have time to fully vet every single person they might conceivably want to work with for every single position they need to hire people for on different projects. So they trust the relationships that other people have found valuable in the past. They trust other people's recommendations. So if you don't have somebody giving those recommendations about you, it's just really hard for you to pick up good work. The first thing to understand is that if you aren't good at networking or you feel like you're really bad at networking, there's a reason for that. It's not taught in schools. So most of the people who learn how to do networking well learn it when they're very young. And frequently it's taught to people by their families or it's taught to people by their first employers. The rest of us actually have to learn how to network by intention. And often we don't know we need that help for a long, long time. Fortunately, professional networking, to build a network of clients and those who can refer people to you and um, those who can recommend that others hire you is a skill that you can learn quickly. It's not difficult to learn how to network particularly in Hollywood, which is um, kind of a more network, networking friendly town than almost any town on earth. 
and it's also something you become you can come become very good at very quickly if you conscientiously practice what you learn and in this particular event i'm going to review the skills and help you acquire the insights you need in order to network effectively i'm specifically going to cover skills that you need to master in order to make really meaningful business connections and you're going to learn why it's important that you um, learn about other people and the work that they're doing and what they're good at and maybe what they're not so good at as part and parcel of, in, of building your own career and as part and parcel of telling other people what you're good at, maybe what you aren't so good at, maybe what you want to do in the future, what your objectives are. So by the time you're done with this particular event, you should feel very comfortable networking with people because you'll have, you'll have learned what networking is and what it isn't. And you'll have learned what you may not have been doing correctly in the past. So the first thing it's important to learn how to do is you have to learn how to introduce yourself correctly in every situation. The reason I mention this is that I routinely go to events where people have the opportunity to introduce themselves. And when they make an introduction, I'm left not knowing their name or even what they do for a living. And sometimes I'm left with the impression that they're not entirely sure what they do for a living or what they want to do going forward. That means that when they've made the introduction that they made for themselves is actually the opposite of something that will help build their network. It's something that will actually make people who meet them going forward say, oh yeah, that's the guy that I don't know what he does for a living. You need to make sure that you, when you go to events and you do introduce yourself to, the, to groups or when you introduce yourself to individuals that you're doing it properly. Now, I think the key problem for people in introducing themselves here in the entertainment industry is that a lot of us have a lot of skills and a lot of talents. You know, this place is a mecca for writers and directors and producers and cinematographers, designers and sound designers, editors and programmers, and every other kind of creative professional on earth. And most of us are actually hyphenates. Many sound engineers are also musicians. Many cinematographers are also photographers. Many writers are also producers. Many directors also write. We're all doing lots of things. And a lot of times we've done them all professionally. So when we introduce ourselves to a group we, or to other individuals that we meet, we really stumble because, you know, we don't know exactly what to tell people about ourselves. For example, previously we've been working as an editor, but recently we shot a short film with our Canon and we edited another film last year and that's now on iTunes. So, I mean, that's a lot. What are you supposed to say when you're trying to introduce yourselves and, and, and you think, well, if I tell people more about me, I increase the chance that somebody will want to work with me because I'm exposing more of the skills I have and more of the things that I can do. But actually, that's exactly the opposite of a good idea. It's a bad idea. And the reason is that when you put too much information out to people, one, they don't understand it, two, they don't remember it, and three, they think you're not focused. So you need to tailor your introductions whenever you meet somebody um, so that they're meaningful and memorable to the person that you're speaking to or the people that are in a particular room. In order to create a meaningful introduction, for any given situation, you need 
to really think about two things. The first thing is, what do you want to be doing? And what can the people in this particular room or the person that you're, do, you're talking to right at this moment actually do to help you? If you're a writer and a producer, a writer-producer in a room full of indie producers, being a writer makes you more rare, right? Like, I don't know about you, but when I go into a room full of producers and somebody introduces themselves as a producer, I think, oh, look, there's competition. If somebody introduces themselves as a writer or as a director, I tend to think, hmm, maybe that's somebody I could work with or maybe that's somebody I could hire going forward, even though I'm a writer producer, so I'm less likely to find other writer producers um, um, interesting or other writers interesting. But if I'm just a producer and somebody introduces themselves as a writer, I'm going to think, well, that's maybe somebody I could work with. I wonder what she writes. I may not feel um, extremely driven to find out that information, but at least I know that I'm not talking to the competition, and at least I know I'm not talking to another, um, another producer, and that's useful information. So somebody who says, hi, my name is Jane Doe, and I'm a screen screenwriter. Hi, my name is Jane Doe, and I'm a screenwriter. I'm going to remember that more than if she says, hi, my name is Jane Doe, and I'm a writer-producer. And if she says something like, hi, my name is Jane Doe, and I'm a screenwriter currently looking for a producer who needs a good low-budget sci-fi thriller, what I'm going to remember is, one, she's a screenwriter, and two, she's looking for a producer, and three, she does sci-fi sci thrillers, right? I know three pieces of information about her, and if I'm the kind of person who uh, likes to produce sci-fi thrillers, especially low-budget ones, I'm going to remember her because she has something that I want. If you're a screenwriter facing an actor or a group of people who are mostly actors, you might find it's better to tell people, hi, my name is Jane Doe, I'm a writer-producer, and I'm always looking for actors who want to appear in projects. First of all, if you're a writer-producer, you should always be looking for actors who want to appear in indie projects because if you, you know, you should always be casting, right? You should always be, have your eyes open for, for folks that you want to work with. Um, and second of all, actors may or may not find writers interesting, but they almost always find producers interesting, right? So you want to make sure that, that if you say nothing else, you want to indicate that you're a producer because that will make you memorable to a group of actors or to an actor. The more focused and more relevant your introduction to yourself is, the shorter and clearer it is, the more likely you are to meet the kind of people you most want to meet. It's always just really important to remember that more is not better when it comes to introductions. And if you don't believe me, the next time you go to an event and people have the opportunity to introduce themselves, listen to the introductions. And when you're done, see if you can remember who, what, see if you can remember the introductions and, um, which one you liked best. And I think you'll, always, you'll find that it's always the, short, the shortest, clearest, um, and most relevant um, introduction that you like best. Once again, because we are here in Hollywood and because everybody who comes here um, tends to be an extremely creative person. And often we are multi-talented because that tends to be the way creativity works. We tend to be pretty flexible on what we do for a living. And that kind of works against us in terms of making real progress in our careers. Because it's very difficult to be a, um, 
a very successful writer and simultaneously a very successful producer and simultaneously a very successful director. It's much easier to be a very successful one of those things. Saying you wanna be a very successful all three of those things means you have to put time and effort into all three of these separate careers and getting known for all three of those separate um, skill sets. And maybe with a writer, director, producer, one can make the case, well, if you're always producing your own projects and you get famous like Quentin Tarantino, yeah, you know, that's possible. But if you've got really diverse skill sets, like you're a comic book illustrator and you're also a cinematographer, or you're a mus musician and also a sound engineer, getting famous for both of those skill sets at one time is really going to be hard. There's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many people that you can meet that you can only get um, known by so many people in a lifetime. So a, a failure to focus really does translate into moving much more slowly because you're not, you haven't really picked a very solid direction that you're putting all of your time and effort into. So as you head out into the world to network and you want to network effectively and make it so that you actually create relationships that move your career forward, think about whether or not you can actually write a sentence that clearly describes who you are, what your value is, who, needs, who you need to meet and why they need to meet you. So I say, can you, can you write a pair of sentences like this one? I'm an indie producer producing a 200K sci-fi project. I have a great script, name talent attached, a great FX guy and a sales agent who can give me distribution. So I'm a really good bet for an investor who likes putting money into ultra low budget films. If you take a look at that statement, first, whoever said this has identified themselves as an indie producer and has specifically identified what they're producing, a 200K sci-fi project. Subsequently, they're saying all the stuff that they have that goes with that project. Great script, name talent, great FX guy, and a sales agent who can give them distribution. And finally, they know that they want to meet an investor who likes putting money into ultra-low budget films, right? So those sentences clearly communicate who someone is, what they have, and who they want to meet. If you can write that sentence about yourself, then you're in a good position to be able to create good relationships going forward because you're very clear on what you want. If you can't make that statement about yourself and really stand behind it, if you, you, know, you really are scattered, you're gonna find it much more difficult to, to build networking relationships because you're not gonna be sending the same message to the, everybody that you meet. And furthermore, um, when you get what you want, because you are um, telling people you know, you're actually going out and networking when you get what you say you want, you're not going to be happy with it because the truth is you're not seriously committed to something clear, easily defined, and relatively easy to acquire. So here's another kind of example. I'm a DP who has experience swiftly shooting indie films for under 500k and have won many awards for cinematography. I'm a great choice for a producer who has a film to shoot and wants it done fast and well. Or I'm a sound designer who works on $1 million films. I've worked for studios in the past, but now I'd like to produce independent films because I want more input in the creative process and some share of the back end. I'm a great choice for a producer who wants great sound design at a price they can afford. Or finally, I'm a new writer producer with five years experience working in tech and a degree in business, and I'm looking for a producer who needs an extra pair of smart hands when it comes to building their productions. So if you look at all three of those statements, they're very clear, they're very short, 
They always start with I. They talk about who someone is, what they have, and what they want, and why that person wants them. If you can't make that statement clearly to yourself and really truly believe it, then you have things to work on before networking is going to be easy for you. Once you can introduce yourself clearly, and you can make the statement I just described, which you know is a very clear statement of your intent and value and who you're looking for, you can then start looking for the kind of events where people that you want to target actually socialize and learn. One of the things that's pretty interesting in, this, in the entertainment industry is that if you go, there are so many events which you know, might be for writers or screenwriters or producers. Um, and when you go there, what you find is writers, screenwriters, and producers, but you never find the people who most want to talk to them and who most want to network with them. And if you think about it, that's kind of crazy. If you're a writer and you want to meet producers, you should be looking for events that producers go to. If you're um, a producer and you need to hire a great writer, you should be going to the events where writers hang out, right? So you should, So instead of choosing events that are made for um, what you are, look for the events that are for that cater to the kind of people that you most want to meet. And this is true even when it when it comes to um, trying to meet investors. I have a friend from Chicago, and he says that you know when I want to look for investors, I go to um, I go to events that are targeted at bankers, wealth management and uh, financial advisors, because that, those are people who have money and they're making investments all day, every day. Um, and some of their clients have money that they have to put into high-risk investments and the film's a good high-risk investment. I know other people who have decided to become members of charities or have decided to um, become art aficionados or have desi decided to join the boards of museums or the, you know, attend um, events designed to support expensive, uh, expensive things like uh, the opera or the Philharmonic. And the reason is because the kind of people that support those things tend to be the kind of people who actually do have a lot of money and they, they're doing it because they want to be involved in the arts. So when they encounter real life working artists and build relationships with them, they're in a position to be able to give those folks money. There's a million different places to go and find events. Obviously, most people that encounter my events are finding them on meetup.com. And there are a lot of, a lot of it's on meetup.com that are amazing. Uh, so it's always a good place to um, check out. If I would say one thing about meetup is that they tend to be, uh, the events tend to be fairly informal. I, I tend to be one of the few people I think that's running really formal events um, in the entertainment sector. I know a lot of people, I'm not, I guess there's, there's a lot of, there's some, but they're just, it's, so there's a lot of um, entertainment industry events that are, tend to be a little more unstructured, like um, film festivals and so forth. And the problem is you can go to those events, but there's not enough of a focus or enough of an opportunity to, to actually be introduced to people or to, to talk to people about something that you have in common. So Meetup is a good place to meet people, but sometimes you may have to go to three, four, five meetings for a, different, for a given meetup before you get an opportunity to really get bonded to people. Eventbrite.com has a whole bunch of events that are tightly um, targeted. And I'll sh if you look up, whenever you go onto Eventbrite, if you search 
for location and then specify that you're interested in attending networking events and, and or seminars, you'll find hundreds of events that you can go to um, in a year. And it's a good place to also, if you take a look at the organizers of those events, you can um, often reach out to them before an event and say, you know, I, I'm going to this event, you know, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and uh, I'm really hoping that I can meet this and so this and so kind of people. And a lot of times you'll get a response back from the organizer who says, oh, yeah, you know, uh, when you get here, meet with me. You know, I, I look forward to seeing you when I meet with me and maybe um, I can see if I can do some introductions. The other thing you can also do is um, find the people that you want to meet by going to professional classes or seminars and conferences and screenings held at universities or the Directors Guild or the Writers Guild or the Producer Guild or um, seminars at film festivals like the AFM. These days, if you look at the AFM, the American Film Market, which happens here every year, uh, you'll find, I think, most of the time, the benefit of attending is to go to the seminars, not so much to wander around and talk to all of those distributors. I mean, unless you've got a film in your hand and unless it's got, um, unless, you know, sort of it's ready to sell, or if you're at a point where, um, you know, you can tell them who's going to be in the thing and that you've got financing, you're not really necessarily going to pick up a distribution deal there. So, but the, the seminars that they run are really amazing and they have stuff on everything from um, screenplays and um, funding to um, how to distribute your film overseas. So if you're a writer and you want to meet producers, the AFM is a good place to, is a good place to meet them because they are literally everywhere and a lot of them are in these seminars. Finally, another good way to meet people is by setting up your own events. You know, you can set up your own meetup, for example, um, or you can start running your own events on Eventbrite and getting guest speakers and so forth, or you can decide to support um, events offered by others. When you, a lot of times, when you go to an Eventbrite, uh, Eventbrite event, and you see that the event is sponsored by somebody, the reason that it's sponsored by that person is because they want to actually get to meet the kind of people that come to this event. And uh, sometimes, not, not always, but sometimes the, the deal that they have with the owner of the organization is that they um, get their information or links to their website and so forth put into every email that the organizer sends out or sometimes they even are allowed to include special offers that people can click on in order to get some extra benefit from the sponsor. And that adds the person's name to the, uh, to the sponsor's mailing list so they can contact them directly going forward. The next thing you have to do after you've sort of identified the events that you want to go to is you actually have to go to the events and you really have to go to a lot of events and you have to go to some of them several times before you derive the benefit um, of going to the event at all. People a lot of times have to get used to you and have to see you at two or three or four events before they, they, they seriously remember you and they start, familiarity makes them like you. Just seeing the same person five or six times, if every single time you see them, they seem pretty nice, you tend to remember them, and before long, you actually consider them to be friends, and then you do want to know more about what they do and the, and the kinds of projects they undertake and so forth. So what you should do is set up an appointment in your calendar. I like to do it on Sundays. 
and then literally spend just an hour or so looking through Eventbrite or looking through Meetup for events to go to where your target market is likely to be. Go ahead and get tickets and RSVP usually, you know, if you set a budget of I want to spend, you know, just $100 a month on um, meeting people, you can, that's usually enough to really get started. Sometimes you might not have to spend that much. Sometimes you may decide to spend more because you want to go to a higher tone event because you're not, <laughs> if you're looking for, you know, someone who can give you a million bucks, you might have to spend slightly more <laughs> on the kind of events that you go to because, you know, people with a lot of money tend to go to stuff that costs some money. And on Sunday afternoon or whenever you decide to schedule it, find four to eight events to go to in a month. Go ahead and sign up and purchase your tickets and RSVP. And then uh, uh, go ahead and plan to attend that particular event. If you're uncomfortable going alone, find five or 10 people that want to meet the same kind of folks and start inviting them to go to the same events that you're going to. It's, that's one way to sort of get over the, the discomfort some people have or that you may have in trying to go to events to meet people. You know, you don't want to walk into a room where you don't know anybody. And if you know a few people, you might feel better. If you're, so if you're taking five to ten people, you're definitely going to know folks. On the other hand, you got to make sure that you don't just hang out with the folks that you know. You actually have to go meet new people because that's the whole point of the exercise. One way to do that is to go to meet somebody, meet, if you're inviting friends, meet them before the event, um, you know, go get dinner or get a drink, then go to the event and hang out and meet, make, you know, conscientiously invest time in meeting new folks. Um, and then uh, when you, you should feel very comfortable having socialized previously, attending the event, and then going and actually meeting new people, that should feel, feel like a very comfortable evening and it should get over a lot of the social anxiety most of us have. Also, you may very well find if you go with five or 10 folks um, to, uh, you know, to you know, go with a friend or two friends or five friends or 10 friends to a particular event, you may find that you find opportunities for one another there. So if you're both looking for the same kind of folks, it's kind of cool to be able to say, oh yeah, I know somebody who knows exactly what you need you might want to talk to this guy and then you introduce him to a friend that you've known for years. You know, that can turn into really good business for everybody. If you attend a hundred events a year, you will absolutely be guaranteed to, to really move forward on your personal and professional um, objectives because you're meeting so many new people that will come with so many new opportunities. If you really think about it, the only people, <laughs> so a great screenplay doesn't have pockets, it can't buy itself. A great film cannot buy itself. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have this pile of gold hidden inside it, right? So the only people, the only thing that you can actually acquire that can actually give you money, can actually hire you, can actually invest in your film project, can actually find you investors, the only thing that can really do that is gonna be another person. So if you go to 100 events a year and you, know, you meet uh, two to five or people at every single event, you're exposing yourself to 500, maybe 1,000 people. And if you've chosen your events correctly and you've chosen your, who you're targeting at the events correctly, you're creating, really, thousands of opportunities to um, create good relationships that will let you do what you want to do for a living. If you don't go to those events, I don't know where you're going to create 
that level of opportunity. I don't think there's another way to create that level of opportunity. So getting face-to-face -face with people weekly is a really important part of building your career and getting where you want to go. Another problem that people have is when they go to events, they don't necessarily know what they're supposed to be doing. They sort of feel like what they're supposed to be doing, they feel like they're supposed to be giving their elevator pitch pretty much to every single person they meet. That's exactly not what you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to go to an event and pretty much spend the whole time waiting to talk about yourself. You need to be able to introduce yourself. You need to be able to tell people what you're looking for. But really, when you go to an event, your job is not to talk about yourself. It's to talk to other people and find out who they are and what they do and what they want. Because you're trying to figure out if they're the person that you should be talking to. When you're at an event and you meet somebody, it's perfectly legitimate to say, hi, my name's you know, Nancy Fulton. I'm a writer, producer. I run events for 25,000 entertainment industry pros. What do you do? And they say, oh, you know, my name's Ted Smith. I'm a, I'm a film producer. And so what's the next question going to be? Well, what are you working on? <laughs> right? So you, and, the, and then you just roll into actually interviewing them and finding out who they are and what they do and what they want. Are you looking for investment right now? Well, no, I already have investment. Actually, if I could find anything right now, I'd be looking for a soundstage, right? Because, or I'd be, I'd be looking for uh, an actor. I need, you know, I need to package some name talent and I don't have any good connections, right? You want them to tell you what they need because it may be that you can provide it, but if not, you may be able to connect them to somebody else that you've met who can provide it. So you're going to figure out who they are, what they do and what they want. You're going to determine if you have what they want, which you usually won't. And if you don't have what they want, you are going to see if you can help them get what they want, assuming that you like them. You're going to see if you can help them get what they want by connecting them to somebody else. At some point, when you're, as you're sort of interviewing them or grilling them about themselves, they're finally going to get around to asking for more detail on who you are and what you do. They tell you, well, I'm a producer. And you go, oh, yeah, well, I'm a producer too. And you describe what you do. But then your next step would be actually move on to saying, but I'll keep my eyes open for what you're looking for. Or if you happen to know somebody who would be a good connection for them, you would say, well, you know, I actually think I might know somebody who, who uh, has what you're looking for. Like they actually run a sound, you know, if, if it's a, a producer who's looking for funding and you know somebody that provides, uh, is an executive producer who helps people get funding, um, you might say, well, I might know somebody who can, uh, who can provide that. Do you have a business card? So if you know that you can meet their need, you ask for their business card. If you can meet their need, you tell them what you can do and you take their business card, right? If you don't know what, if you can't provide them with what they want, you still take their business card and you say you'll keep your eyes out, you'll keep your eyes open for something that they need. So in every single instance, when you meet somebody, particularly if they're cool, no matter whether you can provide them what they want or not, you're going to get their business card. And usually on the back of the card, what I like to do is write down what it is they are looking for. Like I'll write down a couple of notes for, my, for myself about what they're looking for. This is a producer, they're looking for funding, they've got a sci-fi thriller for 200K, um, and they're looking for, uh, they're looking for um, funding, or they're looking for distribution. And then when I get home, I uh, take a, a picture of the front and back of the card, so I, have the, I can have the contact information in my phone. 
I do take the business cards and I put them in a box for future reference. Now, if you have somebody's business card and you think that you can provide them with what they want, your, your next step is actually to go onto the internet and do a lot of research on them, right? You're gonna, you wanna make sure you know who you're talking to. So you're going to Google them, you're gonna look them up on LinkedIn, you're gonna look them up on IMDB. Um, you might wanna look them up, um, use rip off, you know, if you put somebody's name and then write rip off and, or scam, a lot of times you'll see if they're involved in a scam or if you put their production company name or their um, uh, other identifying factors, you can just to make sure, and the bigger the deal is, the more you want to do that, right? Because there are a lot of kind of crazy people here in Hollywood. So after you fully, if you have something to, to, to you meet somebody at an event and you have something that you think would um, be of benefit to them, you personally, um, after you've done some research, if that you decide, yeah, I do want to get to know this guy better, um, you fire off an email and say, hi, I met you at thus and so an event. Um, I think you mentioned that you were, that you were looking for X, Y, and Z. I actually happen to have that. Here's some more information, and you write information about what you happen to have that you or what you can do for them that um, uh, based upon what you know about them. And then then you put on there, you know, maybe, maybe we could arrange a time to chat by phone. And a lot of times people say, well, you know, I'd like to meet with you to talk about this. Mm, most people do not want to meet face to face with people unless they know for a fact that that person is going to be. A good investment of time it's too it's kind of too intimate so when you're following up with somebody that you met in an event because you think you actually can provide what they said they were looking for say you know can I schedule can we schedule a few minutes to chat I just want to find tell you a little bit more about what I have and learn more about your requirements and if that conversation doesn't go well or if you can't actually help them then you can say if I can, you'll keep their your eyes open for them if as is more commonly the case you meet somebody they tell you what they need. It's not something you can provide, but you know somebody who can provide that service. What you're gonna do is you're gonna come home and you're gonna research them to make sure that they're cool. You're gonna um, look up their, them, their company, um, check them out on IMDB, check them out on LinkedIn, look at, their, look at the references that are available for them online. And then uh, you're gonna, if you think that they're cool, after you do that research, you're gonna reach out to the person you want to refer them to. And you're gonna say, hey, you know, I met this guy, Ted Finch of Fincher Productions, and he's a producer and he's looking for a, screen, a screenwriter for a spec script. And here's what I've learned about him. And I was wondering, would you like me to make an introduction? And then this person is gonna say, yeah, that sounds really cool. I would like to be introduced. Then you can reach back to the person, to Ted Fincher, the, whoever the contact is, and you can say, hi, Ted, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Sandy Smith. She's an excellent screenwriter. Here's a link to her on um, IMDB. Here's a link to her here. Would you like it if I made an introduction? And this, this, this person says yes. And if both parties agree to the introduction, then you're gonna send a single email to both of them that says, hi, uh, Ted and Sandy, I want to introduce you to each other. You know, Ted's a producer, you're a screenwriter. I think he, he mentioned he might be looking for a spec script, um, science fiction, and I know that's what you write, Sandy, so I thought you guys might have something to talk about. And then you're not gonna be involved anymore. You just, you've connected these two people and you're just gonna go on your merry way. Now, the reason that this is an important thing to understand, the reason it's important for you to do this is that it's how you prove your value to people, right? 
So when you go to events and you're meeting people and you want them to, to remember you and to like you going forward and then you want them to see you as a, support, uh, a source of support and information, the easiest way to do that is to help connect them to the people that they need to work with or the resources that they need to work with. And every time you do that, you build a stronger relationship with that person and you build your reputation. So when you go to events, your job is not to pitch your project. It's not to pitch yourself. It's to find out what people need and figure out how to help them get it, right? If you go to events with that objective in mind, they become much easier to, to go to. And you find yourself quickly becoming much more popular. And also, you find yourself picking up much more business because every single time you meet somebody and every single time you help them out, you have a reason to contact them. They remember who you are. They remember what you do. They remember what you want. And that means that if they see an opportunity or a solution for you, they'll let you know, right? So if you've been going to events waiting to pitch yourself and you, haven't had, you find them very uncomfortable, that's why. Sometimes you go to events, and I actually, everybody has their preference at events. Some people like just to go to networking events where they wander around with a drink and chat people up. I wish I liked those more. I can go to them. I've had some success at them, but I don't enjoy them as much as I enjoy ones that are based around um, a lecture that has a speaker and that has, and the re I think part of it is because I like to learn, and if I go to an event and it's got a seminar or a lecture or something attached, I usually learn something um, that I didn't know before in addition to the fact that I meet a bunch of people. So I just happen to find them kind of more comfortable. The problem is that in those structured environments, a lot of times it's harder to, it seems harder to meet people. Like, you know, because because there's not always drinks to have and food to eat. So I recommend that people ask questions at events and they, I, make, I recommend that they introduce themselves um, as part of the question. And that, if you think about it, most of the time, that makes sense. If, if you're in a, at an event where, like a, a seminar, where people, which is supposed to, um, as a producer, right? <laughs> so let's say you're a producer, and you put yourself in an event where writers are seeking um, agents, right? Because you want to, let's say, assume that you're trying to find a good screenwriter to work with. Well, it makes sense to go to an event where writers are trying to meet agents or learning about agents. And also, it makes sense that um, people would find you interesting because you're a producer, and that's why they're trying to have get an agent is so they can meet producers. And finally, um, the uh, you also need to be able to work with agents, right? Because if you're a producer and you want to be able to hire good writers, eventually you're going to be working with agents. So you actually are going to learn something from going to that event as well. So when you introduce yourself to, to ask a question, um, if I'm a producer, I might say, hi, my name is um, Nancy Fulton. I actually am a producer. And the reason I'm at this event is that I don't know how to work with, um, I don't know how to work with agents in order to engage writers. If I, if I, do I just contact you by fax and say, you know, this is the kind of screenplay that I'm looking for and this is how much I have to spend or how does that work? You know, and I've done several things there. One, I might actually get an interesting answer to my question. Two, which will be good. Two, I probably, I probably will have, I may have accidentally created a relationship with the agent, which is not such a bad thing. Three, everybody in the room knows that I'm a producer and that's who they want to meet. And they know that I'm looking for a screenplay. Um, 
And four, I've given people a reason to come up and talk to me after, after the event is over. So another example of that is um, if I'm a screenwriter at a room full of producers and you know, we're, we're discussing uh, camera equipment, I could say, hi, my name's Tim Smith. I'm a full-time screenwriter, occasional producer. I'm wondering if it's better to pay a premium for the latest camera or if it's smarter to buy two low-end cameras so I can shoot every scene from two angles. So what you said there is that your name, that you said your name, you said that you're a screenwriter, um, and uh, you've asked a savvy question that other people and other producers in the room might find interesting. Or if you're at an event, it's supposed to be chock full of investors, you could, and you happen to be a producer, you can say, hi, you know, I'm Abe, Abe Wilson, I produce media, and I'm wondering if um, any of you folks have had experience with the equity crowdfunding sites, which play host to lots of investors, can you talk about um, can you talk about them? So a lot of times investors can go onto onto equity sites, equity investor sites like EquityNet.com or WeFunder.com or Slated.com, and they go on those sites because they want to be able to look at investments that they can put money into. So if you find yourself, so if you go to an event that's chock full of investors and they're talking about where they find investments, it makes sense to ask you guys use the equity crowdfunding sites and it makes sense in that context to say, hey, I'm a producer and I produce stuff and I produce, put them on that site. Am I making a mistake? Should I find other ways to meet investors? The formula for doing this is always to say your name, what you do, ask a clear question and ask it quickly. And you may want to write the question down before you ask it just to make sure that you are clearly communicating in the, in the briefest, most clear and transparent way who you are, um, what you do, and the question that you want to ask in a way that will make people want to talk to you after the event. So once again, no matter how you get, when you get somebody's business card on the back of the card, you're going to write down what the person is looking for. And you might want to write down where you met them because years later, some people, you know, say I met you at AFM and at one of the a conference on film funding. They may well remember the event even if you're a little shady. And they might not remember you if they don't have the name of the event. Uh, when you get home, I personally like to use my phone and just take a picture of the front and back so, so I don't have to worry about losing the card. Uh, and then I put the card in the box. And whenever I meet somebody and I, uh, and I, have, and I think I know somebody that can, can help them, I can look through the phone to find the... Uh, to find the um, business card and it'll help me. It just helps me um, organize my search whenever I need to help somebody find somebody to work with. I wanted to mention that when you actually go through your, um, when you actually go through the process of vetting people, it is really important to make sure that you know who they are. You really need to know who their credits are and, who, and uh, where the, what their website is and look them up on LinkedIn. They're, you need it for two reasons. One, you want to vet them carefully before you make a connection to somebody else. And two, because whenever you make a connection, you're basically going to be pitching one person to the other, right? So you have to be able to write that description up clearly enough that both people know who they are. And I know it seems crazy. I know you're thinking, well, I want to talk about my work. I want to talk about what I do. But the truth is that people don't... They don't care about who you are. They care about getting a solution to their problem and they care about meeting the people they need to meet. So you prove your value to them by solving that problem for them. 
So a lot of times you will be in a position of telling people about other people. And in the process, people will remember you. Um, if you go through the workbook that I provided, you'll find um, that there are step-by-step -step instructions that talk about how to um, make these kinds of connections and actually specific language, um, uh, specific language that you can use when you're writing the emails, um, introducing one person to another. And also, I want to remind you that when you make a connection between two people, ask permission first. Ask permission of both of them first. Don't ever connect two people without, never, never, never connect one person to another without asking for permission first. Because what you're doing then is you're putting them in the awkward position of having to ignore the person if they don't want to talk to them or having to tell the person they don't want to talk to them. And that's, they don't like that and they remember you badly because you put them in this awkward situation. So um, you want to you wanna make sure that you always ask permission and again, this information is in the workbook, and I hope you will take a moment to actually read through, the, read through those instructions because there's a reason why they're so detailed. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and send them to, via email to nancy.fulton at yahoo.com. I, I did want to actually um, talk about, <laughs> and it's, it's kind of a crazy issue, but it used to be the case, it's kind of a weird tax issue, but it used to be the case that you could actually deduct events um, from your taxes at the end of a year. And um, you can't actually do that anymore. So when you're going to events, even, and a lot of deductions went away recently. So I used to know people that would go on like thousand dollar cruises and I knew people that would go on, uh, would go take, you know, they would go to UCLA extension and they would take expensive classes uh, with the notion that they would, um, you know, basically be able to deduct it as a business expense later. I just want to mention to people that's actually, you can't actually do that anymore. And the reason I mentioned it is because people don't know that and I have a feeling they're going to have a very unpleasant January. So we go ahead and stop sharing really quickly. All right. So if you have any questions, go ahead and send an email to nancy.fulton at yahoo.com. And then I'm also going to go ahead and check here on the chat thing. So one question I have, it's kind of the same question everybody uh, has. I feel really uncomfortable going to events and I don't feel comfortable talking to anybody. And the answer to that is you're going to have to start taking people um, you may find it's you really just have to find um, an event buddy and you take them with you whenever you go to events. You'll find that that makes a lot of the discomfort go away. Uh, and the easiest place to find that is usually um, by going to an event that you're very comfortable at. Or if you happen to be working with somebody on, uh, if you make relationships with people on sets or you make um, relationships with people at writing groups and so forth, go ahead and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be going to this event. Do you want to come? Do you want to come? Do you want to come? And just do it on a regular basis and do it often enough that um, people get used to having these invitations come from you and they'll actually start going to the events with you and it'll make things a lot easier. And also you may find that you want to go to the same events week after week. Um, if you find a good event, you go to it week after week, that you'll end up creating good relationships uh, at that particular at that particular venue. Uh, I guess the only problem with that is if it's really small, it's not going to do you much good. You want to kind of go to, if you're going to go to the same event over and over and over again, you know, you might want to make it women in film or, um, you know, a film that meets monthly that has hundreds and hundreds of members so that one, you become comfortable going to the event and two, you have an opportunity to meet a lot, a lot, a lot of people. If, 
you can't just go to a group where there's only 15 people in the whole group and go to it month after month and expect to get much opportunity out of it. So you go ahead and check this question. Okay, so we have ooh, a couple of good questions. So uh, do I have any tips for anybody who, do, who doesn't live in the Hollywood area? Well, if, yes, first of all, almost anywhere you are, you'll find um, groups that support writers and producers and uh, writers, screenwriters, producers, authors, actors. If um, even small towns have those kinds of things these days are relatively small towns. If not, you might want to go ahead and start one. I mean, I think, and I think a lot of times people start uh, organizations because they simply can't find an organization to go to in their town and they decide to become the change, you know? <laughs> so you may decide that you, you're going to, you're going to choose to do that. Alternatively, you can choose to start meeting people online through, through um, places like Facebook, Facebook groups, et cetera. The problem is that those are really anonymous and a lot of times they don't translate into new business. And too much of the time you waste hour after hour after hour on those um, sites and you put a lot of data into them and you don't actually end up getting a lot out of it in terms of work. So there's always sort of a trade-off there. That said, I remember you guys are too young to remember this, but there used to be, before the internet, there were bulletin boards, and there was this bulletin board called CompuServe. And there was this woman, her name was Diana Gabaldon, and um, she was on this one forum, and she had literally, I mean, there were, there were thousands and thousands, nationwide, thousands and thousands and thousands of writers on this site, it's much like there's a lot of thousands and thousands and thousands of people on reddit.com these days. Anyway, so she made a bunch of friends there and, um, you know, had been writing some fiction. And then one day she announced that she wrote a book. It was called Outlander. And uh, thousands of people went to bought the, buy the book. And, you know, Outlander is a series right now. And something very similar happened, um, uh, has happened for a lot of writers. So it is possible, but you're talking about putting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time into um, into that investment, right? And it's just, just realize, I think online marketing is a lot harder than meeting people face-to-face -face and making them like you. It's just, I, I think it's harder because there's a lot more noise. Um, somebody else asks, is there um, ever a circumstance where you would ask for a finder's fee? So, if you think about it, agents and managers are basically finders, right? So, they, they connect you, if you're a writer and you work with them, they connect you to new business. The thing is that agents who take a percentage of, of every deal are governed by a very strict set of laws. You're not allowed to be an agent unless you actually become an agent. If you choose to sign on as somebody's manager, you're actually not allowed to conduct deals. So you, it's, it's illegal for a manager actually to, to solicit work for you or to negotiate a deal for you. So, because that's a violation of, uh, because you're not allowed to act as somebody's agent if you're a manager. If you, um, in the state of California, unlike any other state in the union, it is possible to become a finder who introduces people who have projects to people who have money. You're not allowed to do any kind of negotiation or have any kind of involvement in the transaction whatsoever. You're not allowed to broker the transaction because you would have to be a dealer broker. But what you are allowed to do is say, hey, Ted, this is my friend Tim. 
Tim's working to produce a movie. I thought you might find his project interesting. And then after that, you just totally disappear. And if in the state of California, if you register with the state, you can become somebody who, who makes those kinds of connections and receives a finder's fee. But you have to look up the laws about that. It's not something that you should do without knowing those laws, because if you violate those laws, you're acting as a dealer broker and the SEC is going to be very angry. And I mentioned in passing, if you are a producer and somebody approaches you about being a finder, you have to make sure that you understand the laws about, um, you have to understand the laws that govern finders and govern dealer brokers, because if you don't, you can violate them. And that means that somebody can, uh, somebody who feels that they were in, approached incorrectly can actually say, hey, I want all my money back. And they can do that at any point in the project, even after all their money's been lost in, their in, the, in your production. So you need to make sure that you understand those laws and regulations when it comes to finder's fees. Another question that just came in is, I don't know how to, I don't know which kinds of events are best for me. And cool. So in choosing events, you have to find out what you like, what you like in terms of events. And one way to do that is to go to a lot of different events. Some people really do like networking events where they can go in and meet 20 or 30 people at a time. A lot of times actors like those better than ones where they have to sit in a chair and let somebody talk at them for like, you know, a week because they're comfortable. They're very comfortable meeting new people, which is not the rest of us. Um, so the best way to find out which events you should be going to is starting to go to a lot of events. You can't really, you can't guess. Go to a lot of events, get used to it. Start with ones that cost, you know, five, 10, five or 10 or 15 or $20. And then as you may decide at some point in the future, you want to start going to ones that cost 40, 50 or $100, right? Um, I know salesmen who would who go to like three or four hundred dollar events every single week and that's how they meet a lot of the people that they sell to particularly people that are doing real estate it's like makes total sense to me right you want those people are big spenders right so um, I personally find that uh, I can't handle I don't really like events that are super super large because I I feel like they're so anonymous that people just need to talk to the people that they came with. So my sweet spot for events is sort of, um, if, if they're learning events, I usually like them sort of from like, you know, 12 people or so up to about 20 or 30 people, maybe 50 people at the most. If they are networking events, I usually like them to be, you know, 30 to a hundred people, you know, and also location matters to me. So I think, but these are things that I've sort of learned over time. And it's something I think that uh, you need to learn just by experience. And the, the way that you do that is just by going to event after event after event. And if you set the expectation that you're going to go, you're going to insist that you go to at least four events a month, face-to-face -face events a month, you'll find things get a lot easier for you. Because then you say, what the hell? You know, I'm doing my job if I just go to four events this month. Um, and if some of them are stupid, that doesn't matter because some of them are going to be amazing. Right? Let's see. Great. So um, if you have any questions that I haven't answered, feel free to send me an email at nancy.fulton at yahoo.com. I really look forward to hearing from you. And I'm always, um, I'm always happy to answer a quick question. I think sometimes having somebody that will just take a look at something or at least tell you how to get the answers makes things a little bit easier than just trying to guess. So, and I don't, I like to make it so people get unstuck and sort of move on to the next part of their projects instead of staying, you know, sort of trapped for three to six months, not being able to move forward. So do email me if you get stuck and I'm more than happy to answer um, questions about networking because I like networking.
All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to meet with me tonight. And I very much look forward uh, to hearing from you going forward.